Welcome to Bite Size, a cybersecurity Q&A podcast presented by Kroll and Mooring. Our goal is to take a complex world of government contracts and cybersecurity and break it into bite-sized pieces. My name is Evan Wolf. And I'm Kate Grally. Every other week, we'll take one question that we frequently hear from our clients and give you a short, simple answer and explain why it matters. So today, we really wanted to help lay the foundation for answering a few questions that we've received around FedRAMP and the DoD Cloud Computing Security Requirements Guide. Namely, what are those things? And we are really happy to report that you won't have to listen to Evan or me drone on about those because we are bringing in reinforcements in some future episodes. And our colleagues here at Coral are going to help us explain what you need to know about those issues. But in the meantime, we wanted to help set the stage for those discussions and talk about something that's integral to both of those standards, and that's NIST Special Publication 853. So Evan, at a high level, what is that? Great question, Kate. And of course, I'm going to, as good lawyers, I will answer a question with a question because it depends who you're asking. If you're asking the federal government, then 853, and especially the current version, Rev 5, is used by the federal government as the standard they look to for a law called the Federal Information Security and Modernization Act, or FISMA, which is much better to use the term FISMA than Federal Information Security Modernization Act every time. And and 853 is used by FISMA's over 700 controls that they use to secure federal information systems. So we've talked about other standards in the past, and that's, that's what that standard is. And that's how the federal government uses it. Is it relevant to contractors too? It's another great question because actually contractors often either use or operate federal information systems, and therefore they also have to worry about NIST 853, and that is common standard that the contractors have to worry about. But especially if you're a contractor that's offering cloud service services to the federal government, because then you have to worry about going through a program called the Federal Risk and Authorization Management Program, or FedRAMP, that Kate talked about earlier. And so 853 becomes the set of controls that you have to meet or that you're uh, graded against when you're going through your your FedRAMP certification piece. So, Kate, how how is this NIST 853 standard different than all the other standards we've been talking about? It's different in a few ways, in addition to being yet another number in that litany of numbers that we talk about in the cybersecurity GovCon space. So first, 853 is really broad in scope. It touches on all sorts of ways that the federal government should be building security by design into its networks. Evan, you said it's hundreds of controls. And throughout those controls, the 53 standard, it references a host of other NIST standards that go a level deeper. So what's an example of that? Uh, There's a whole category of controls within 53 that are focused on the identification and authentication of network users. And most of those controls point to another NIST standard, 800-6363. And that standard provides more detailed information that goes a level deeper into the identification and authentication requirements. So you could say that 853 is really a mile wide, but an inch deep compared to some of the other NIST standards that we've talked about. And I'll say the other comparison that's worth noting here, especially for contractors, 
is that 53, that standard's often considered to be a more prescriptive, complex version of 800-171. That's the standard that we've talked about a few times in this podcast. And we promise that we will eventually do an episode focused just on that 171 standard. But for today's purposes, suffice it to say that 171 lays out the security requirements expected for contractor networks when they're handling sensitive federal information, that CUI category of stuff that, again, we've talked about in prior episodes. So 53 goes into some pretty minute detail around how its security requirements need to be put in place. And that makes sense because, Evan, as you said, it's intended to be used as a bit of a blueprint. When the federal government is standing up a new network, it knows to build up that network in a way that satisfies the 53 controls. But that's obviously not the case when you're talking about a contractor's own pre-existing network. Oftentimes, a, a contractor would have to tear their network down and then build it back up again if it needed to meet those really prescriptive requirements in 53. And that's actually why 171 was drafted. Again, something we'll dig into in later episodes. But the point here is that 53 is going to be hard for contractors, pre-existing, internally managed networks to satisfy. So it's one thing if you are building something for the government that needs to meet 53, but it's a whole different ball of wax if you're trying to adapt your own network to meet it. So buyer beware on that one. And here's where in the pre-COVID world, Kate, we would all miss the visuals that you always have where you carry a copy of 53 and 171 with you wherever you go and you would plop it on the desk and just show someone visually how much thicker 153 is compared to 171. So let's look forward to the times when we can give these talks in person and, and we can have that visual again. Yeah, Maya, uh, in the meantime, though, my back is very grateful that I'm not lugging around those tomes. Well, on that note, we want to thank you very much for joining Bite Size Q&A. We'll be back on your feed in two weeks with a new question and hopefully a simple explanation. But in the meantime, you can find more information about us on our website at kroll.com. Or if you have any suggestions that you'd like for us to cover, I can be reached at 202-624-2615. And Kate can be reached at 202-624-2698. Everyone have a safe day. This has been Bite Size Q&A a podcast brought to you by Kroll & Mooring. You can find more information at kroll.com slash cyberpodcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review.